1: Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I am Seth, Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. Let me give out the phone number for you all if you want to join in. 602 960 602 Bill and I were talking just before the break about how it's fun sometimes to hear some of our regulars calling into some of the other hosts uh, on this platform on 960, you know, some of the national hosts. And it's a delight, it's great. It's uh it's it's fun to hear you uh, on other shows as well, but uh, uh, love to have you here as well. I'll do my uh, more uh, official monologue at the top of the third hour, but as I was coming in, I was kind of listening to uh, a bunch of um, I was listening to a bunch of other commentary about the January sixth hearing, and I had a couple of thoughts, maybe a little disorganized. Maybe we can put them together here. Uh, First, interesting where the Democratic Party is right now in maybe having reached their terminal velocity with nowhere else to go. They politicized heavily shootings, mass shootings, and it lasted all of a month because before that and since. The leak of Dobbs and the final announcement of Dobbs, they went hammer and tong against conservatives in the Republican Party on the issue of abortion. And then they went back to type, which is January 6th, right in the midst of all the abortion protests, all the Roe versus Wade and Dobbs protests from the last few days. They thought they needed something more. And so they went to January 6th again and tried to give us something more. Their own leapfrogging with such rapidity on such big issues is a tell of its own. I like to use the word meld, but it's been so misused, I'm not sure if I can get away with it anymore. Do you know the word meld? People use it to mean melt or combine. That's actually a neologistic interpretation of that word. Meld actually means to reveal or to show. As in cards, hand of cards. Right, Bill? You knew that. Bill did know that. Uh, Like factoid is misused, right? Bill knows that one, too. Anyway, uh, before I digress too far down that road, uh, what they've done, the Democrats, is, is, is melded a very interesting hand. And then today, today, just as a little... What? A little uh, self-defense, a little self-aggrandizement, a little finger in the eye of the conservative religious in America. They put out the fact that Nancy Pelosi did indeed receive communion from the Pope in the Vatican. Begs a question in the midst of everything that's going on including the investigation of a constitutional crisis by their own terminology why 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 is she, why is she in europe why why is she in europe and 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 she's there it looks like with at least her husband what why is 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 this what you need the third in uh, third and, uh, third in line of succession and maybe the most powerful person in Washington doing and being right now interesting that they don't think these things through nor do they think through who they're using as witnesses so back to the January 6th bombshells that CNN and the Washington Post and the New York Times and National Public Radio and the rest of the left-wing media communications Democratic Party concatenation puts forward. Let me show you how they do it. Let me show you how they do it. If you go to the Washington Post today on the story of Cassidy Hutchinson, she's the 25-year-old who was the surprise witness at the January 6th hearings yesterday, If you go to The Washington Post today on her, they do a glossy profile on the front page, and um, they have this paragraph. Listen to this. Listen carefully to this. She said she learned – okay, so she's now – they're talking about her allegation that Donald Trump lunged at the Secret Service agent in the presidential limousine or what's known as the Beast uh, because he wouldn't take him. Donald Trump to the Capitol, and she she reported yesterday that Donald Trump physically lunged at him to try to take command of the vehicle to drive it there. People buying this, people accepting this version of her story as if it's in any way possibly credible, but yeah, they have because, you know, Trump. Listen to this paragraph in the Washington Post. It's only one sentence and one parenthesis. The sentence is, she said she learned about the incident upon her return to the White House and that the person Trump lunged at did not dispute the account to her. Parentheses. Her accounts of Donald Trump's interaction with the Secret Service have not been independently corroborated. Her accounts of his interactions with the Secret Service have not been independently corroborated. Have not been independently corroborated? We have the NBC White House correspondent tweeting, not reporting, but tweeting that the Secret Service disputes the account and would like to testify. And he gave us the names of the Secret Service agents. Now, the January 6th committee is not going to bring in those Secret Service agents to counter her testimony because they're not doing that. They don't want to do that, and there's nothing compelling them to do that except the word fairness and due process, none of which exist for the January 6th committee. But when they're on record, when they're on record disputing her account, but just not in front of the committee, how does the the Washington Post get away with saying her accounts of Trump's interactions have not been independently corroborated, have not been independently corroborated? Listen To this, a source close to the Secret Service tells me, Peter Alexander from NBC writes, both Bobby Engel, the lead agent, and the presidential limousine SUV driver are prepared to testify under oath that neither man was assaulted and that Mr. Trump never lunged for the steering wheel. Richard Grinnell, former director of national intelligence, said the committee, uh, slammed the committee, according to the story, slammed the committee for allowing this testimony to go unchallenged. He he tweeted. So a junior staffer was pressured to lie under oath. Why wasn't there a single committee member? Why wasn't there a single committee member asking her if she had proof? The performance collapsed in an hour. For anyone who has a modicum of common sense, think about what the presidential limousine is. In this case, it's an SUV. It's not the uh, the stretch limo. In this case, it was the SUV. Think about how much would have to take place when the president in the back to get to the front to lunge at a Secret Service agent to try and commandeer the vehicle, including through the barricade that exists between the driver and the president. It doesn't make sense if you even think for a moment about it. Now you have the driver saying, let us testify. It didn't happen. Let us testify. And the Washington Post comes out with, This has not been – her her version has not been independently corroborated. She lied. She lied under oath. Now, will she be prosecuted for lying to Congress or perjury? Both crimes. You don't have to be – she was sworn in, but you don't have to be. Anyone remember Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's lawyer? He went to jail for lying to Congress once, once, once. I heard Kurt Schlichter talking earlier today saying if only the Republicans might have tried to move these hearings out of Washington, D.C. so that you could actually have a true judge not influenced by the Democratic Party follow up on a prosecution and a reporting of lying to Congress or perjury. Now, it wasn't going to happen because the Republicans had no say in this at all in the first place. Remember that about the January 6th committee. When people say it's a bipartisan committee, it isn't. Every single member of that committee, every single member of that committee was selected, chosen by Nancy Pelosi. How is that bipartisan? Kevin McCarthy, minority leader in the House, suggested other members. Nancy Pelosi said no to those other members. She wanted Kinsinger and Cheney. It is not a bipartisan committee. There is no due process. There is no confrontation of witnesses. And we now have what looks to be, whether you choose to believe, a 25-year-old who was 23 at the time she's reporting this, what she witnessed, or two veteran Secret Service agents. Whose credibility do you trust more? Well, if you're a Democrat, it's the 23-year-old. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Leibson Show. Portions of Ritz are brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. Chris Funk, owner of Cool Touch, he started the company with the belief that an honest, reliable company could not only succeed, but thrive. And thrive it has and succeed it has. It's a fantastic company. I've used them several times. Different properties, my friends have used them. Air conditioning repair, inspection, replacement, you name it. Plumbing, of course. You don't have to worry about the heating right now, but. When you do, Cool Touch will be there for you on that as well. Check them out at cooltouchac.com. That's cooltouchac.com. 623 734 1932. 623 734 1932. It's the only AC company me and my friends use. All right. Where are we going? Oh, Bill in Phoenix. Hello, Bill. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi. How you doing?
1: I'm doing fine. How are you?
2: Uh, not too bad. Um,. As I told the screener that I I believe that the Democrats are going to pull out every single thing that they can pull out of the hat to try and keep Trump from getting in office. Because they're all so frightened of him because he will go in there like a wrecking ball. He will actually try and get people in jail.
1: You know, Bill, I I agree with you. And I want to add a thought here. Do you think they're frightened of him? Or do you think they hate him? I mean it can be both. But it's I both. but yeah, it's I, I think it can be. But I think it's important to understand the level of hatred they have as well, because I think it's born of a couple of things. One is he's unapologetic about his uh positions. Two is he's shown he can beat their star witnesses, Hillary Clinton. Right. Um, And then, you know, we can debate that over Joe Biden. But he he took out Hillary Clinton when he shouldn't have when it was hers and that his leadership of the Republican Party can stand as the whipping boy against the entirety of the Republican Party. Right. In other words, I think they're using January 6th. As a um, as a as a totem to blast the entire Republican Party or at least the Republican Party, the vast majority of which supports Donald Trump to this day so that they can say you support an insurrectionist or you support a white supremacist or you're the party of racism and bigotry because you support Donald Trump. It's a it's a hatred that I think it's important that we all understand exists in their heart and minds about us that I don't well, that think was, we should forget.
2: Yeah, that, that was exhibited in, in the 2016 election, yes. that they hated him. But yes. after that, you could see that the, the hatred um, uh, just kept coming, even from his own party. Yes. And also, the thing is, is I think there's so many people that are just so corrupt and so, so involved and established in the, the, the Washington swamp that they are so afraid now that if he gets in there and he gives, has a chance to actually take them to task, there's people's there's gonna be heads rolling.
1: Do, uh, do that again. Say that I want to make sure I got you right there, Bill I, I think
2: I think they're afraid that he will make heads roll.
1: Uh yeah, so so the fear factor if he comes back into power. Yeah. I, I, I look I think that they're going to do everything they can to make the Republican Party um, uh, all, all wrapped in and everything Trump stands for. And if for some reason, you know, Trump decides not to run, or if for some reason DeSantis becomes, or some other Republican becomes, the, the, the nominee or the leader of the party. You know, Trump was the gift that kept on giving to them because they can go back and revisit everything over the last four years with him now. So they have a vested interest in in, in him becoming the uh, the nominee of our party again, too. DeSantis or whoever else may 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 or may not be running that that may decide to end up, to end up running. They're, that's that's fresh territory from them. They're going to have to start from scratch all over again. They have the best symbol they can possibly use right now. I have to tell you, I don't think it's working. I don't think it's working when you go into a general election like we're about to in November, where all their power can be swept away and all their power can be swept away if we take the House and the Senate.
2: Well, that's that's why they're so afraid. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I think they are. Well, look, if we were to take the House and Senate, Imagine the kind of hearings we could hold on Hunter Biden, on Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, on Afghanistan, on energy, on so many things. Think about the hearings we could do. Think about the hearings we could host. So, you know, I think that the natural response to them. When they say things like, "Well, what kind of democracy or what kind of government um, and due process do you guys stand for?" I think what yeah. we'll just say is the same kind you've given and shown us. Don't you think? Well,
2: they they would think it's just a witch hunt, but I don't care. The the point is is that they are so frightened that uh, they're going to be wearing diapers.
1: Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's something odd going on when they can't stay on message at all and they're flailing about. I mean, when you think of the messages they have tried and floated here, here's an indication of how, you know, they're not right about the abortion decision. If they were right about Dobbs and that this was going to be a huge uh, fundraising An election victory for the Democratic Party, as a lot of them had been saying and a lot of the commentators on CNN have been saying, if they were if they if they sincerely believed that they would not have left the Roe versus Wade Dobbs thing to go back to January 6th, would they have? I don't think they would have. I just don't think they would have gone away from the talking and the messaging to go back to something. Like January 6th. And by going to January 6th, they're telling the rest of the American people we care more about a crime a year and a half ago that has basically been solved because everyone involved has been arrested while we try to prove that Donald Trump was the cause of it. No part of what they have shown thus far, including these quote unquote bombshells from yesterday, show that Trump was involved in instigating, catalyzing, or initiating the violence. That was the whole point of January 6th. In fact, if you think about it and you think about the testimony that uh, uh, Hutchison gave yesterday, it shows that he didn't know. He didn't know what was going to take place on the Capitol grounds, if you believe her, if you believe her. Do you think Donald Trump wanted to be part of a storming of the Congress? He never said that. And it would be absurd to assume he would say such a thing. And the Secret Service would never allow such a thing. Do you know what it takes? Do, you, do, you, do, you, do people understand what it takes to move the president from the White House to any venue, including the United States House of Representatives? How much planning goes into those small trips how much surveillance and inspection and the retinue of people around him that has to be secured and messaged to do that and ready for that. It takes a lot of planning on behalf of the Secret Service. And it would take some planning from the president. None of what they're putting out there is credible at all. It's just that they have CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post to make it seem so. Look, I'm all for having an open mind. I'm all for having an open mind. My mind has been open for a long time. I'm just not letting my brains fall out. And that's what the Democrats want you to do. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson show. John Dombrowski brings us our culture and economy update. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning, Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com. And he has his own show here every Saturday morning at seven a.m. The word on wealth, John. How are you, sir?
3: Fantastic, Seth. How's Get,
1: it going? Getting ready for your Fourth of July celebration. I'm, I'm
3: excited. Fourth of July. Very patriotic out there in Prescott, as we've talked. Yeah, about Prescott
1: that. Yeah, Prescott is. Yeah, we're gonna have the is. parade.
3: The parade's on Saturday up there in Prescott.
1: I, I, I may see you up there. My I'm uh, my neighborhood only has one American flag in it. It's awful. It it's is awful. That is terrible. It's on my house. Yeah, I, it's terrible. There are, however, of course, uh, Ukrainian flags, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> let me uh, let me ask you about Jerome Powell, just a second, if yes. I might. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought we were probably, probably done raising interest rates. He's signaling today we may have to do it again in July. This recession thing seems to be more on his lips now than it used to be. Yeah, your sense of that?
3: Yeah I mean I, I think that there's no question we haven't seen uh, you know enough of a response to this past uh, increase in rates. And uh, I think that many out there believe that they need they do need to raise rates again, and it could be as high as we talked about that three quarters of a percent. You know one of the things I did look at Seth and and this is what we've been waiting for. I think we've talked about this is looking for corporate earnings we want to see what what's happening out there um with business to see if there is truly a slowdown you know the what what we're looking at when we think about recession is we're looking with two straight declining quarters you know of GDP. And we did have our first quarter of 2022. I think we were down 1.4%. So we're going to see what happens here after Q2 to give us that indication. If we are down again, uh, then that, of course, indicates that maybe we are in a recession already. Uh, And I think I talked about this in the past, though. We go through recessions on a fairly regular basis in this country, and they're usually between four and five years historically that we uh, go through an inflation – I'm sorry, a recessionary period – That doesn't necessarily mean that everything's falling apart. It just means that there's a slowdown. Uh, But when we saw such a hot inflationary number, it makes perfect sense that, that we need to slow this down and try not to throw the economy into a recession. But unfortunately, that might be. Uh, repercussion of what what the actions are from the Fed. John,
1: we've talked about it before, and uh, and I think it's really valuable when we think about the Fed raising rates, uh, if they might do so again in July, if. Mm -hmm. Again, what does that mean to the average American, if the rates are raised yet again? Uh, We know what a recession looks like. Mm -hmm. What does it mean if the Fed raises rates to most Americans?
3: Well, just generally speaking, for those out there who may be borrowing money, that's going to affect rates, right, for borrowing, whether it's car loans, whether it's uh, your real estate loans it's also going to affect companies out there who borrow money to do business and ultimately they may have their cost to doing business go up which in turn could mean that it's going to either come you know get, have a compression effect on their profits or they may in turn just uh, kind of flow those those uh, additional expenses through the consumer by raising prices as we we may see so um there's a variety of things that can affect the consumer when rates rise, but the biggest, I think, initially, uh, Seth, is definitely the cost of uh, borrowing money. So even credit card interest rates going up. And if people have credit card debt, we talk about that. something you certainly want to try to get uh, under control. So I would just say this. When you're going into these types of periods right now, people start to be a little bit more aware of what their spending is. Continue to put money in those 401ks, folks, because – Hey, the market is down substantially from its highs right now. So you're buying back into the market at much lower uh, cost. So your dollar cost averaging into the market and long term, that has proven to be a very good strategy. John, and, and what what it means for housing
1: in addition to credit card debt, same mm-hmm. thing.
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Housing, again, although we are seeing some positives on the cost of uh, building materials, dropping in value. So we're seeing some positives there, uh, but still cost of uh, buying a house today is up. There's no question about it. Trying to get labor uh, when you're doing new construction or if you're trying to remodel your house. I've been hearing nothing but nightmares from people. Mm. Uh, So if you don't have to remodel right now, maybe isn't the best time. And if you think that you're going to be selling your house right now. Uh, be aware that there's no more of that uh, mad rush to, you know, for multiple offers and those types of things. But the housing values have been relatively stable, maybe fallen a little bit from the peak, but uh, still a very strong uh, market for real estate right now as we're very uh, under, uh, I guess, uh, the inventory is low still for yeah, housing. Yeah, I so, know.
1: You still hear it. And, and so I'm guessing things on those fronts are just not going to get better soon. But – Don't alter the investment strategy for the future.
3: Yeah. Okay. keep, Keep investing. Good. Thank Securities you. and Advisory Services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of FINRA and TIPIC, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Happy Fourth of July to everyone, and uh, check out GrandCanyonPlanning.com.
1: Yes, check it out, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. I may check you guys out uh, in Prescott. We'll Super. see. I'm told it's dog friendly and yep. hot dog friendly, two important uh, sure. things to me. Sure, of okay. course. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, talk to you later. Bye bye. All right. I'm Seth Liebsen, 602 We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you're looking for a unique investment opportunity with a great return for investors, check out my friends at Y Refi. I've spent a lot of time with them. I love these guys; they're great. What they are offering is a fixed, no-load interest rate up to ten and a quarter percent for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. They're local, so if you want to visit them, uh, you can, of course, and they're happy to talk to you about what they do. They won't give you a sales pitch. They'll just tell you what they do and let it speak for itself. Refi is a due diligence-approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, investyrefi.com, or call them at 855-316-3087, 855 316 Three zero eight seven. There was no really good place to insert this in the show. And I've been meaning to for about three days and um, I can't help but do it uh, for the moment right now. Uh, I I don't know how many of you are familiar with Joel Berry, B-E-R-R-Y, not the uh, former athlete, uh, but Joel Berry is the uh, I believe he's the managing editor he's one of the founders of the Babylon B which is a satire site as many of you know but he's also a serious guy he in in and of himself is a serious guy and he just had quite enough quite enough of this talking point from the left in the uh in light of the Dobbs decision that conservatives only care about the right to life up to the point of birth. He's just had quite enough of that, which might in some ways explain uh, why uh, Jane's Revenge and others are in the effort of trying to terrorize these crisis pregnancy centers and the like. But he wrote, in our area alone, there are four crisis pregnancy centers. At these centers, you can get free prenatal care, free baby formula, free diapers, free clothes, free car seats and cribs, community, and support. There's also a local pro-life center that offers free daycare to single moms who have jobs or need to go to school, free meals for kids, community, and support. There are several inner-city missions run by pro-lifers in the area that offer free food and shelter and clothing. There are hundreds of pro-life churches in my area. In many of these, including my own, you can walk in any day, seven days a week, and get free groceries, gas cards, free consulting for addiction and depression, love, community, and support. So when you hear the line, you don't care about the baby after it's born, remember that what you're hearing is projection. Pro-choicers aren't doing any of the things I listed above. In fact, you can't find any of those things at a planned parenthood. I just think that's fantastic. I just I'm gonna keep that one around and I think I'm gonna keep it handy. If any of you want to keep it handy, just follow Joel Berry on Twitter at Joel W. Berry. Joel J O E L W B E R R Y. Fantastic corrective to the culture that needs it. Mike is in Maricopa. Hi Mike.
4: Yes. Good afternoon, says how things over there. On I outside.
1: think okay. I mean, hot, but okay. I think we're winning, and I think we have them on the run. Uh, I don't take it for granted, but a lot better than I expected. I'll tell you that.
4: There you go. You know, it sometimes it is. as They say it's not necessarily what they say, but how they say it. Okay. Or other things, or how they even just ignore something. Uh, I'd like to make some observations, some compare and contrast between what happened with these 53 illegal aliens that were found in this semi-truck to the news reporting that had happened in Uvalde with this school shooting. The, I noticed that the Democrats were quick to come together to pass laws. They brought in an actor, Matthew McConaughey, and a lot of people saying, well, because he was born there and he grew up there and everything, and he wasn't really acting. And I say au contraire, mon frere. There's a phrase out there that it says the only thing needed to stop a bad man with a gun is a good man right. with a gun. right. And, and so what they have to do is, you know, because the Democrats are so anti-gun, they have to destroy that narrative. Now, being the Biden administration, they could have pretty much brought anyone up there to talk about what had happened. They could have brought in the Border Patrol agent that was getting his hair cut and borrowed the barber's shotgun and went into the school and neutralized the shooter but you see that wouldn't fit with the narrative i mean it would with the because the he good was guy a good with the guy the with
1: a gun right
4: correct mm-hmm. and so i'm saying that a lot of people defended uh, matthew mcconaughey and i'm telling you he was just an actor this is part of our information influence operations they could have also brought in that mother that jumped the yep. fence and ran in and disregarded
1: and the, right disregarded the police and said i don't care what you say i'm getting my baby right that one
4: that that is correct right so now we come over here to this next one and with the uh, deal that had happened outside of San Antonio. So now you have more. 53 people got fried to death, almost, almost, and it's closing in because we haven't heard the end of the death count there, but it's almost three times as many people that died in the Uvalde shooting. Oh, interesting, and yeah, I, right, right. And I'd like to see how quick the Democrats are going to rush to pass laws about securing the borders and things. And the other thing, observation I've made is I was speaking to somebody that lives in some of the northern states here in the United States. Mm-hmm. And when I mentioned it, they had not even heard right. about the 53 illegals right. that had died. But I, they heard all about the other stuff. So uh, I just don't don't uh, leave me just
1: yet, Mike. Um, Don't leave me just yet. This this is a story I kind of did want to get into. Fox News has a report. uh, Get this. Vice President Kamala Harris. Now, remember, she's supposedly the one tasked with being in charge of. Our border problem, right? Vice President Kamala Harris on Tuesday, which would have been yesterday, chided Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott's response to the news that at least 53 migrants had died after being left in an abandoned semi-truck in San Antonio. She said how the governor of that state responded really highlights part of the problem, because his response when there are 50 dead bodies in his state is to go straight To politics instead of dealing with the realities of the issue. Close quote. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? When it came to Uvalde, who went straight to politics? It wasn't Greg Abbott. It wasn't any of the law enforcement in Texas. It wasn't any of the senators. They went straight to politics on their side. When it came to anything, when it came to the Supreme Court, Who went straight to politics when it came to election reform? Who called us the party of Bull Connor and Jefferson Davis? Are they kidding me? A. B. I'll hold you over if you want, Mike, on the other side of this break. But B. Of course this is a question of politics and policy. If our border weren't insecure, this never would have happened. And every time a state like Texas or Arizona tries to do something about it because the feds refuse, the feds come in and say, no, this is our purview, not yours. We have preempted the field. You don't get to do what you want to do on the border. This is a federal issue. And they – Owning it as a federal issue Refuse to do anything about it. I just want people to understand how these things come about and what the state of play is. They caused it. They own it. They're the ones projecting and shifting responsibility. Mike, if you want or have more to say, you're welcome to do so. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Lipsen Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com. I take it every single day. They're fruits and veggies, and I get a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables, 100% pure, including the capsules, which are easily designed and deliberately designed to be opened and sprinkled in food and drink if you don't like swallowing them, although they're normal-sized capsules. You take it once a day, and you get all that fresh produce, boosting your energy, your health, and your immunity with pure, potent plant. Power and by pure I mean one hundred percent pure, all of it. Third party tested. Check them out at balanceofnature.com. dot com. Make sure to use discount code Balance. Uh, Mike, are you still there, Mike in Maricopa? Uh, yes, sir. Go right ahead. If you had more on this story, I'm happy to uh, happy to have you say so. I was just making the point that the feds have taken control. Of The legal and policy aspects of the border while doing nothing about it and wishing and pretending it wasn't a problem so that when states like Arizona and Texas do try to do something about it, we are scolded and turned down and told, no, this is federal responsibility. And then... When we blame the feds for the problems that we're seeing at the border, whether it's the 53 people that were found dead yesterday or whether it's the drugs or whether it's the crime or whether it's the illegal aliens from countries of concern or you name it, they say you're politicizing the issue. This is all – understand that politics is not a dirty word. Politics and policy are related and you can't do anything – policy-wise without engaging politics. It's just that their form of politics is to shut Republicans up and shame them while they create disaster in their midst and in their wake. That's my pitch. You go ahead.
4: That's for sure. Well, you know, sometimes if we look at the response, I'd heard a someone say today that when President Biden was over in Spain, I think it was, somebody had asked him about that, and he didn't even attempt to answer the question, he just turned and walked away. And then the Jean-Pierre, the new press secretary, When she was asked about that, she went into, "Oh well, you know, we're so concerned, and we've got this policy, and we've made 1,800 arrests for people smuggling, migrants, and everything." And she closed the statement up, saying, "The border's closed." And like you say, the 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 deal is is this is another reason why Obama, President Obama, never went. To the border, because then there would be a picture taking of taken of him at the border, that's right. and then when there's a picture in the evidence of you being there, then you own it, and that's another reason why nobody is. There's no pictures of Biden at the border, nope. no pictures of Kamala nope. Harris at the border, because nope. then they don't have to fess up to owning the responsibility, or I hear yeah, the music or take
1: says, questions, right? I right, uh, yeah, no, the press, the press, the press on that would be a nightmare for them. So they've left it as a nightmare for the rest of the country to save their own skins. Boy, is that statesmanship or what, Mike, huh? Thank you for your call. I'm Seth. We'll be right back.